With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Boom. We're on despite some, some, uh, some internet troubles. We've got uh, Kyle Yates here, the the OG. Casey Patterson, of course, filling in his uh, his second episode here. But uh, what's going on, Kyle? Oh, it's chilling. Nice to be home for for a week uh, in between tournaments. Missing out this weekend on the uh, PPA Austin fun, but I'll be out uh, in Arizona next week for the Legacy. So. Yeah, man, I gotta I gotta go over there um, potentially later today. Really don't want to, but I think that's gonna have to happen. <laughs> so you're out there in uh fort fort myers florida yeah yes sir not far from naples pickleball capital apparently yeah right well that's what they say but i think uh i think phoenix austin and socal are are giving it a, a run for its money right casey <sighs> i mean dude that Bellbank park place i was in arizona last two weekends ago because my kid had a baseball tournament and i'm like boys let's just drive by it it's massive. I'm like, this is like a Disneyland. What's happening? It's crazy. But yeah. that's like, I mean, what Naples, that's like every place, right? Isn't there like huge monster facilities like that too? Like 30, 40, 50 courts or something? It's just, it's just everywhere. So obviously they got the big, big facility down there in Naples with like 60 something courts. But every community in, in Southwest Florida has their own courts, their own pro. Um, yeah. But yeah, that Bell Bank Park out there, out there in Phoenix, I, I can't wait to play there next week. It's going to be fun. It's so cool. Is that that's the APP next week? Next week is an APP, yeah. And it's the Legacy Open, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty sick venue. They're gonna have like multiple tournaments on both tours there, so uh, there's gonna be a, a lot of action there, and we might be doing something there too. Stay tuned for for that. But Kyle, okay, so here's basically what I want to talk to you about. Well, there's a lot of different things. <laughs> But I want to just start off by saying, like, okay, you are like an OG in in pickleball, right? I mean, you've been around for for ten years at the the pro level. Yeah, I think I'm going on eight, really officially. Okay, got it. But we round up and we just say, yeah, ten yeah, ten years. Yeah. You've been around for a decade, and uh, you've been at the top for for um, almost all of those years. So what's it been like to just like see pickleball go through this crazy search and get to the point that it is now knowing that still got a long way to go, but uh, it's, it's definitely growing quickly. Well, for sure. Well, the main thing is I've 
I've given up trying to predict what I think it'll look like in, in two years because it's changed yeah, so fair. much. That's so fair. when I first started playing back 2011, 12, I mean, it was, it was so small. No one my age played. So I didn't even right. tell my friends I'd play. I mean, I go play yeah. with the 50, you know, 50, <laughs> 60 year olds down at the local rec center. Yeah. Um, or I'd go out to the local tennis courts and I'd bring a, ben- uh, bring a bungee cord and chalk and I'd have to like lower the tennis net and then chalk lines every time. Uh, and, and I actually went out one time with a Sharpie and like made little marks in the corners Dude. to make it easy for me to Dude. line the court. And apparently that's a big no, no. Uh, yeah. Some man, some man's like has like felony charges in Denver right now because he did that. I was just uh, going to so say that. <laughs> luckily I didn't, I didn't get caught, but now that actually that facility that I did that at, um, now is 12 beautiful pickleball courts. Uh, so, but it's crazy. Yeah, it just keeps growing. Um, so, I mean, I've just seen just how many more courts, how many more people have been playing and how much, uh, how much is growing at the rec level? Uh, yeah. You know, don't even get me started on the pro level. I mean, when I when I first started playing, you know, Enrique Ruiz was the best player in the world, um, and many of your viewers might not even know who that is, which I is don't kind know of sad. Is. Which is sad to me. Yeah, uh, he's he was he's a he's a legend so too. But he plays senior pro some now. Um, but yeah, you got those those. Oh, you call me OG, but I'm I'm thinking of the the Tim Nelson, the Billy Jacobson, Chris Miller. Dan Gabinick, <laughs> you know, you guys, you guys don't even know who some of those people are. But back then, they were they were the best players in the world, uh, and so it's yeah. it's it's wild to see every year the new people. And I've seen some people come in, win a bunch of tournaments, and then fade out, and now we don't even see them anymore. Yeah. And so just the the process is just it just blows my mind. Yeah, it's crazy because when I when I first watched, I mean, dude, like I think I started playing a little over a year ago, and I was like, dude, YouTube hungry. Like, how do I find content of guys like the room? Like the best guys, dude. And everything that was available was of you playing in some final with a different partner, like or you with Ben <laughs> at the U.S. Open, or you with uh, the Badger. Uh, the, what dude? What's his name? The guy's so good. Old school. He plays pro now with, uh, with Dave Weinbach at Santa Barbara. Yes, Weinbach. Weinbach. I mean, and watching the rallies you guys have, I'm like, bro, Kyle's been like dominating forever. And now that I see that this pro stuff has just been popping up everywhere, I felt like you're kind of like, well, bro, I've been riding this out and dominating for so long that I was kind of like, all right, what do I do now? Because there's really nothing left. And then this pro series are like exploding. And you're like, oh, I guess people are still kind of playing and there's something to do. Because I saw that's how it happened with us too. It was like 2010, there really wasn't any tour to play on. And so everyone kind of just like left. And there was a few of us that stayed around. And because we stuck around, we like, we capitalized on the tour, like exploding. And it was like, oh my gosh, I was one of the ones that hit the timing perfect. But then the other guys that were way better than me that were like, oh yeah, dude, sorry. I, you know, I sell, uh, you know, medical appliances or, or gear for hospitals or whatever like that. Like they're off doing something else. And you're like, dude, you are so good. You know what I mean? It was like, it's crazy. So to see, that's like, so when accurate. I first watched, it was all you, dude. I was like, dude, Kyle, that's why I'm in Santa Barbara. I'm like, Kyle's going to be there? I'm like, who's Ben? Whatever. Kyle's going to be there? Because I'd watched all these videos of you just crushing, cramping, and, like, winning rallies, hitting logs, like, 40 <laughs> feet in the air. I'm like, this dude's a god. It's insane. <laughs> oh, man. That's so accurate, though. Because I remember, if you guys probably don't know, the, the Pro Pickleball Federation was the pro tour back in 2017, I think, 2017, 2018. And they had a tour for like maybe 10 months and a bunch of pro tournaments. And, and then they just, you know, they just stopped running tournaments. So they, yeah, they just disappeared. And then uh, 
you know, and then you got the PPA and the APP started building up. And then with COVID, everything stopped for like a year. Right. And so during that time, it kind of made me nervous. I said, you know, I got, I got a feel or a sense of what my life would be like without pickleball. And so it kind of made me nervous. So I was like, man, I, I keep training and playing all these tournaments, but what if tournaments don't come back? Or what if, you know, I can't play anymore for whatever reason? Uh, so I started getting at a lot of other things and, and stopped training as much. And then, but yeah, and then we come back and the pro tour is just in full swing and everybody, everybody's been training for two years and everyone got so much better. Um, so <laughs> it's fun to still be able to compete with them, but to, to keep up, it's, it's a full-time job and, and uh, you gotta be, you gotta be committed. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 The game's at the point where you can't part-time pickleball at nights after work or a couple hours in the morning. You gotta be like double days, skill specific, watching film, breaking down your own stuff, like mental coach, you get your physical coach, your nutrition, you're adding all those elements for people that are doing it full time because this is getting harder and harder to win. Right. I mean, that's, oh, of course. it's crazy. It's crazy. I love yeah. it. I love it though. It's, 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 it's so what good. I always hoped it would be. Um, I just, I, I, I think I got the timing a little bit off, but I mean, I'm still hanging around. I'm just, I'm just been busy, but it's, it's so fun to see where the sport's gone and, and where it was when I started. I'm like, man, if it was, it's just, it's just crazy. I actually had an interview at the last tournament and uh, like, I remember I had like three or four matches and every match I played, I'm playing against people who are like younger than me. And I was just like, when does this ever happen? I'm playing with people younger yeah. than me. Yeah. It was like three or four matches in a row. I'm playing all people younger than me. And it just blew my mind. It's like when it's, so I was that age, there was no pickleball. I mean, I'd, I'd have to drive four hours up to the villages to go play with other five five point players. Yeah. Now it's like there's pro players everywhere and there's courts everywhere. You know, it's, it's so accessible now. It's great. Yeah. The other thing is I, I, I can't tell you the amount of conversations I have with people who are like, I think I'm going to make a run at pro. I'm like, yeah, so is everybody else. And there are so many people yeah. who are out there right now, like, you know, putting in the hours on the court because there still is that window of opportunity right now, but it's definitely closing, especially as like all this new tennis talent just floods into the sport. More so on the single side, which is another interesting topic is like we see a lot of shuffling at the top in singles. You know, there's like this Stocksford guy, Paris Todd and Anna Bright on the women's side, Alex Newman, Pablo Tellez, this Kusmeider kid. But in doubles, it's like, OK, you still know everybody at the top in, in doubles. It's those names we've been hearing for, you know, the, the better part of, of two years now. I think it's fair. I, I and I actually I think that's a, a credit to some of those guys who still do end up winning the singles. Like credit to credit to Ben and Tyson and and I mean even JW for for doing so well in singles and in doubles. Because I just yeah. keep thinking there's gonna be some some yeah. really good tennis players who just play tons of singles and come out and win the singles that maybe don't really doesn't really transition to doubles. But when you have players who do well at both, I I've just always been impressed by that. Yeah, yeah. Ty, um, I don't remember what the what I was going to say, but yeah. Oh, so specialization. That's something that Tyson, that, you know, that one guy who used to be a host on this podcast, who's, who's missing in action. We would always talk about that. We would always talk about like the increase in specialization of like, you're going to have uh, a Lucy Kovalova who's constantly in the top three women's doubles, but doesn't even step on the, the singles court and, and vice versa. Is that something you kind of continue to see? happen more moving forward i i just think you're gonna see a lot of doubles players not playing singles 
because uh, again, yeah. like I said, it, it's like anybody can just grab a paddle, play a bunch of singles, get get pretty good at, it, especially if you got a tennis background. But the doubles, if you're competing for doubles titles, which is already physically demanding enough, but to play singles on top of it, it's tough. That's why, like winning like a triple crown, like what Anna Lee and Ben and even JW just did, is so impressive to me because it's not. <laughs> They're playing all day, several days in a row, three different events. It, it, it's just – it blows my mind that you can be so good at all three different events because each event is so unique in itself, but it's yeah. so physically demanding. So, Lucy, she knows she's going to be competing for doubles and mixed doubles titles, but she doesn't want to, you know, kill herself to play singles. No yeah. worries. There's so many other girls who will jump in and play singles instead. But right. uh, to be able to do all three – I mean, Annalise Young, she could still do it. JW Zach, he can still do it. Um, but some of those guys, I mean, I'm amazed at how, how Tyson's able to, to do it and recover. Ben, I mean, how many tournaments does Ben play? I mean, the guy yeah. plays all day, every day, every single tournament. Uh, so you got to feel for him after a while. So you can't, you can't give him a hard time for missing a singles tournament occasionally. Yeah. But then you also yeah. think like a lot of these guys then just go to their, their day jobs, which is clinics. It's lessons. Most, it's all yeah. day on the court. Uh, you know, they run businesses on the side where, you know, ben in particular is like traveling to, I don't know, Costa Rica. To, to, it's like pickleball 24-7. So to then go and perform well <laughs> in doubles and singles in uh, at every event, it's just like, I mean, it, it's got to be a grind and it's got to wear you out. Yeah. It's a grind. I found sneaky benefit is time on ball, right? Like even as you're feeding and you're teaching, you're like, dude, I'm getting about a thousand more reps a day that I wouldn't have gotten because yeah. I'm training. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I found I found my my uh, secret. The last couple of tournaments I've done really well on. I actually just went on vacation right before, so it actually uh, it was a, a mental refresh. So I feel like I get plenty of practice, but it's the it's the mental recovery that does it for me. So before yeah. Punta Gorda, before playing with Deckel a few weeks ago, I actually went to the Bahamas for a week, uh, did some surfing, some relaxation, and then and like one day of practice, then played great, and then uh, before the next tournament, I practiced all week, playing the tournament, played terrible. So, you know, you, explain to me how that works. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I think for me, I just need a, a refresh and, and get away from pickleball for a few days. And then when I come yeah. back, I play. I'm more focused and motivated to play. But those guys who play every single weekend, I just I don't know how they do it. Yeah. What I was that say. chemistry with Deckel? How did that feel? Have you played with him before? Or is that kind of like the first big event you guys have played together? Uh, it's been a while. I have. Oh, I have. I'm back. I have um, <laughs> I, I have played with him before, but it's been it's been a couple of years. Uh, but I, I loved it. I I didn't have to do too much. I mean, if, as long as they hit a dink anywhere on his half of the court, he would just earn it. Uh, so yeah. it yeah. made my my job pretty easy. I didn't feel like I had to do too much. I just kind of sat on my side, and just kind of grinded, which I feel like is what I'm best at, and let him just kind of jump around and yeah. have fun. I say you have so many reps in your belt with how long you've already been playing to be able to like. That's kind of how I feel. I can go like bounce for two weeks, come back in like a day, maybe two of just some light reps. I'm like, dude, I'm right. Yeah. I feel great. I actually feel better because my body doesn't hurt. And I'm like, dude, exactly. I'm dangerous right now because my knees feel good. My back feels good. And I've got reps upon reps probably more than anyone here. So I don't need to practice for months leading up to it. Exactly. If I'm, if I'm moving well, I feel like I'm going to play well. If I'm yeah. sore or stiff. I get lazy and I don't play as well, but it's like riding a bike, hitting, hitting the pickleball. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't really get rusty in that sense. Casey, do you play singles? I do because sometimes I'm like, I'll play so much doubles that I'm like, I didn't really get a workout. 
And so yeah. I'll go play singles because I feel like I'm moving. Like, I just don't know how to do that sick, like, slide. I'm, like, always yeah, yeah. moving with my <laughs> upper body in front of my hips, like volleyball, where I'm leading with my arms. And so I'm like, uh, do I have to dive or roll out of this? This is kind of sketchy. You know what I mean? Like, and the first time I played, I dove a ton and just smashed up my forearms. And I was like, what am I doing? I need to be, like, <laughs> roller, roller derby, <laughs> elbow pads and knee pads. But, dude, singles is so fun. I think it dials in so well. You're, like, three-quarter passing shots with tons of, like, top spin, And just it really helps me with my, like, location. But, dude, I would – I wish I had the knee strength over time to play singles. I can do like two games and then the knees are just barking. I can barely walk. That's my issue. My knees are, are terrible. I just don't do singles. I'm just out on it altogether. <laughs> Cardio wise. It's awesome though. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like sneaky more a workout than, than tennis is, but uh, I'm sure. Pickleball singles. Oh, yeah. pickleball singles is such a better workout. Yeah. Oh, it's an, it's an, it's unreal. Like you said, the cardio. It's there's nothing like it. if you're getting some good, good, qual- high quality singles matches in. Oh, it's brutal. Dude, the multi direction and like your three, four, five step turn. And yeah, like right. Full full sprint, stop, go the other way. I'm like, dude, I can't even get that. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kyle, I want to go back to just like the the growth of the the sport generally and like what you're seeing from from the pro side of things like maybe a good question is what's one of the what's one of the the recent developments that excites you most that you're you're seeing that that maybe comes from and it excites you because of like your perspective as a as a pro and and we as the the casual viewer who like to think of ourselves as sneaky pros but are not would not would not be exposed to or, or just don't notice uh well you know the first thing that comes to my mind uh especially just because I've been thinking about lately was um, after watching the MLP. So obviously I played in it. So I get, I didn't get to watch it, but I want to watch the reruns yeah. and just seeing the quality of the, you know, the video and the production uh, because back, back in the day when I'd go play or, or we'd record it, it'd be just recording it on their, someone's phone or a, a GoPro. And it was just hard to watch. So people didn't really enjoy watching it online. Mm-hmm. But now if you're able to get that, that high quality production where people are actually enjoying watching it, you get a lot of different angles and close-ups, you know, get better commentary and gets more people just watching it online. I think it gets more people interested in it. I think one, it, it does, it does the pros a lot more justice because it shows how much more exciting the sport actually is when you get up close, you know, high, you know, good, right. good footage. Uh, but just getting more and more people be, you know, being exposed to it in the right way. Cause you know, you, you could share a, have a professional match online, but, it's just a, a live stream from your phone. You can't really tell how fast the ball's moving. To the casual viewer, it's kind of boring. So it might turn them yeah. off. But you know, you can watch some of those highlight clips from the MLP. You know, some like the finals or something. I mean, it's they make they make it look exciting, which is what it is. You go watch pickle yeah, right. badass. It's so yeah. much fun to watch when you're live. But you most most videos are on YouTube. It's it's not it it's not there. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't translate. But if you can get some high quality footage where you feel like you're actually there, all of a sudden you feel that energy and. And I think that's what excites me the most is just being able to share the sport in the right way, the way it deserves. Uh, you know, I, back in the day, I'd tell my friends I play pickleball and they would just kind of laugh. And I said, you just wait, yeah. it's going to catch on. <laughs> and, and now look at it. So, um, so I think that excites me the most is just, we keep advancing in that aspect and right. um, it's just becoming a lot more uh, socially acceptable now. Yeah. Dude. Commentary is like very underrated in a sense that you need people to help realize how incredible the pros are. 
because all that does is it feeds my desire to go want to be more like them. And that's where you're seeing the younger kids like you're playing, right? Now this whole mm -hmm. development side of like, even my like 10 year olds, like, dude, these are, these rallies are insane because they're watching it with me. Like, and they're like, dad, let's go play. You know what I mean? And so that's mm -hmm. when you know that they're doing a good job production wise and the commentary is on point because, you know, I mean, you got nicknames, you got, the, they're showing instant replays and they're talking about the game and explaining what the rules are at the same time as keeping it or kind of a high level for those who are watching already know what they're doing. And that's a, I mean, that really changed the game. And for us as well in beach volleyball, it was kind of like, dude, we're out in the, in the sand, jumping in this super deep stuff, running around, doing all we can. And it didn't translate. It was like, it, it wasn't translating. And then once the technology caught up, it was like, oh my gosh, this is so much closer to what it feels like in real life. Yeah. And that's the beauty of pickleball is once you get one ball, you watch one sick rally, you're like, I'm hooked. I'm in. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's rad. Yeah. Yeah. Putting, putting a better product out there, definitely going to be crucial. And it's, it's, it's improving. And so I think it's exciting to see people like, or organizations like tennis channel coming in and trying new things like a, right. a camera that, that wraps around or like a crane cam on top of the kitchen or something like that. And then, which was so distracting playing MLP. Oh, was it? got this like zip line right above the course. You're in the middle of a rally and he goes, and this chair <laughs> yeah, like right. across. Like, and like, don't lob. You hit it. It's a replay. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. right there. Like, yeah. Right lob. Oh, so I always weird. think of I always think of the NFL and there's like the zip line cam. It's like if you're a quarterback, is it not in the back of your mind like not to hit the the camera like running around on a zip line behind you? There's got to be a rule. It's a replay. It was a replay. Well, that was our joke at MLP. If you get in trouble, just just chuck up lobs and hopefully hit the hit the cord. Just right. hit it up. Oh, reset. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, those huge crane ones. We've had those like at the beach where they they started to introduce those oh. and they get right up behind you. Look at our fit aid. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, right in time. Come on, come oh, on. You guys you know. like fit aid too? You guys drink fit aid too? Yeah, sometimes. Oh. On occasion. What a coincidence. Um, they might be friends. They might be friends of ours. <laughs> Uh, so good oh yeah i was just saying like as the tour develops and every the production stuff they had those huge crane like the monster cameras with the weighted crane for us right, right behind us and they'd start right behind your head right and then they'd like kind of zoom into the, the team out on the court in front of you and one time i took a step back to get ready to jump serve and just smack this dude's cat i mean this monster camera and i was like all right it's cool that we have this but it's kind of dangerous right it's, it's like so many obstacles now that you have to be uh, aware of, which is like controlling all the chaos at this point. Like, how do I still play the highest level without getting distracted by everything that's happening? This is crazy. It was dangerous for you, but it would have cleared my head by a good foot. You've been fine. You're like, whoa, that shot was sick. You went right over Kyle's head. <laughs> yeah, that, that, so, all right. So we improved the, like the, the camera angles and the production and all that but what about getting the uh the crowd more involved casey casey had a good point he thinks when there's a like a dink rally it's like the 20th dink the fans just just start chanting or like uh in unison just be like boring until <laughs> oh, they actually on. like speed it up and and uh get to the action get to the good stuff oh come on uh, oh, <laughs> I, I will say i don't know how they did it but again, I'm just I, I'm gonna keep bringing it back to MLP because I feel like they ran probably the best pickleball yeah, event to yeah. date, especially for a player. But for a spectator, 
I don't know how they did it, but the spectators that night of the finals was unlike any atmosphere in pickleball I've ever been to. It was it yeah. was as if they got a whole bunch of just packed house of people who absolutely love pickleball, but had not yet been exposed to that pro level. So right, they were yeah. still like surprised and excited about every little thing. Yeah. Um, you know, because they go to a lot of tournaments, there's a lot of players, but we've they've seen the pros play so many times that we kind of get numb to it. But it was it's finding a way to keep people energized, you know, because yeah. they were yelling during the points. I mean, so I don't know if you just got to get people drinking a little more for that or what, but yeah, um, but yeah, the energy. I mean, we're not at a, we're not watching, you know, we're not watching someone stick a putt, you know, we're we should be at like a boxing match, right? For sure. Yeah, uh, right. we have this one tour stop. It was in Klagenfurt, Austria, like the smallest little town in the middle of nowhere on this lake. And in the summer, everyone, of course, in Europe, they're just like outside at all times because it's going to get cold soon. So we have this huge event, massive stadium right on the side of this lake. And they have a chant for every type of play that we execute. If a dude gets this massive block, there was, they had this rapper, they grabbed one of his songs and his, it was from Germany, it was Mind Block. And it was like, Mind Block, Mind Block. And the whole crowd <laughs> was like, <laughs> and the whole stadium is shaking and if they got an ace there was like this chant for ace and everybody like <laughs> and so i just like kept it after every play and then as a player you're like dude i gotta get more like super plays like i gotta power up because you want the crowd to get on your side right it was right. so fun and i think in incorporating like little nuances like that like you're kind of experiencing the mlp you just get this like amazing energy that just feeds both sides the players want to play at a higher level the crowds mm -hmm. getting them fired up even more you're just like this is epic like the fact that we had that stuff i mean dude there was there's like stands in between on the stadium at the very top and they had fire hoses and people just hosing people down in between points whenever they did like a huge block <laughs> or an ace they'd be like all right it's time for the cannons you're like, <laughs> like get that gnarly because Beach volleyball, but I mean, at pickleball, there's that dude, it has that same opportunity to kind of create those little things that be make a, it a better experience. Be a, be a rowdy sport. It sounds like the, uh, the waste management open in, in golf, where it just like, it takes it to another level, it turns it into a party. Like who doesn't, who doesn't like that? That's, that's yeah. at least how you get more fans into, uh, into the stands at these, at these events. Cause one thing that's for sure it's it's not a good look when the the stands are empty at a, a final of a you know a major tournament like that's yeah. it's just not going to be good for the every market. shot's just like basically your shoulders and face nothing like no big wide shots everything's just tight and we're like is anyone there why is it only on yeah the <laughs> right 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 and then just the chairs behind them are are empty not a good look uh how'd you like uh how'd you like playing team events versus the the typical structure uh, well, I had a great team, so I, I was pretty happy about it. Yeah. Um, we, we had done something similar uh, like that before with the PPA uh, the year before where we kind of had a little, a little draft. We had teams, and I ended up playing with Adam Stone uh, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, it was fun. It was cool. And I had never played with AJ before, AJ Collar. I had a blast playing with him. Um, and obviously, I'm familiar playing with Anna Lee, but uh, it was nice. It was nice to be able to play with her some more. But I, I loved it. It was cool. I mean, you get a lot of different different matchups. You play against teams you wouldn't normally think you'd be playing. Uh, it, it was cool, and you're 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 constantly depending on other people, other matches. So luckily, our women were badass, so they bailed us out on a few occasions. Uh, but it was always fun cheering them on, getting pumped for them, which is which is different. Pickleball, you know, you're usually just kind of cheering for yourself or whatever, but. When the women were playing, you know, AJ and I are sitting there yelling every point. Like, so that was cool. It reminded me back of, you know, I didn't play college sports, but 
back in like high high school tennis days where you're just on the sidelines just trash talking the other team. Yeah. So that was that was cool. I hadn't I hadn't felt that experience in a while. So it, it was fun. That's cool. Yeah. I'm just as a fan, you know, I was there like filming and stuff like that. You could definitely feel that like you guys were in it together and that just added a, a different element, like the camaraderie, like the chest bumps, like that's another thing that just like made it more fun. So it was it was definitely cool to see that. We um, well, before sorry, yeah, before the event even started, I mean, I know we were we were kind of one of those underrated teams, but we felt like we had a lot of potential. And but we just we were just told everyone just said, hey, we're just gonna compete as hard as we can, we're gonna just have a, a lot of fun. And so it was a no stress situation. We just said, you know, whatever happens, happens. We're just going to play. But I feel like we had probably more energy than any other team. Uh, at least that's how yeah. we felt. Just yeah. every single point, regardless who was playing, the two people on the bench would be cheering, pumping up. Like, And then we have Lee Whitwell, who was this, you know, 15th overall pick. And she's just earning, like, she's <laughs> she earning everybody. Insane. She's winning singles battles against, you know, the best singles players in the world. I mean, yeah. it was just – we just had so much just – I don't know, so much attitude, so much uh, excitement with our team, so much energy. I think that really helped, especially in a, in a situation like that, an event like that where your momentum kind of was everything. Uh, so I just, it was so much fun. I, I, you know, it's one of those things we'll always, always look back and remember it's just such a, such a fun week and I can't wait for round two. Yeah. 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 That it's event coming. was the most fun to watch too, I would say, because you could, you could see it. And then they also had players mic'd up. It was rad. I feel yes. like I had so much. I had like more of like a three, two, two to three dimensional like experience of what was happening when I wasn't there. I was like, oh, they're talking trash. And they go sit down and be like, all right, we got to do this. This guy's backhand's terrible. We got to exploit it. And you're <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Yeah, yeah. it was really yeah. fun to watch. Um, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's pivot here a little bit away from, from MVP or from, uh, MLP because Kyle I want to ask you about like gameplay itself and the way it's it's developed like everybody can see you know new players coming in the better product like you know there's there's stuff that's obvious but I'm curious at the pro level the highest level of pickleball has the strategy changed at all have you seen more of one of of some type of play less of another uh like how how, how has that developed you know I I would actually say that I don't feel like the strategy has changed much, just the execution has, right? So, you know, I, people, I will, I've heard people say, and I just want to clarify, people say like, oh, are people just attacking more, driving the ball more, speeding things up more often, less thinking? I actually don't think so. Uh, I mean, I remember playing back in the day, and there were a lot of people who back, back when I first started, let's say 2012, okay. Actually, we'll go 2014, my first nationals. A lot of teams tried to speed up every ball they could. Yeah. But if you had a good enough dink, they couldn't really do that. But most people back then didn't have these great topspin rolls to be able to execute these fantastic attacking shots. So they speed it up from a low ball, they usually get punished, right? Now I think people are just so much better offensively, able to speed up balls with more spin, um, be able to get those one-two punches a little better, that I think people aren't as afraid to speed up anymore. But you still – I mean, it's still – it's still primarily hit that drop shot, move in, keep the ball nice and low as much as you can until someone pops it up and you're reaching and flick. But I think people just got better at doing it. Uh, I, remember, I remember my first nationals playing against Enrique Ruiz. I mentioned him earlier. He body bagged me like five times in the gold medal match when I first played him. Yeah. You know, we're dinking and he'd be able to reach in and take a low ball and kind of flick it up. I don't know what right. Ben does. And he would just reach in and flick it and kind of jam you. And so it was, 
the strategy is still kind of the same. The game play is still similar. People are just hitting shots just at a, you know, a higher degree of difficulty or they're just executing better. You know, the ball's moving a little faster, a little more spin, a little more accurate. But the strategy itself is still pretty much the same, luckily. Mm. Yeah, because you guys are you're, – you're, most of the time, like in my world, same thing. It's like the doubles thing. You basically have a similar strategy, but you're going to compartmentalize it to who you're playing and specific players. Like, okay, hey, let's make sure that we remember, you know, this guy's got this kind of – he's like, you know, of course, less – strong in this area but at the same time as a team dynamic remember last time we did this and we kind of were able to capitalize on that i feel like that's not the same with our game it went from being super high sets and like everything with like similar like a, just an easy dig game to guys were running fake jump sets and shoots and running really fast and all over the place or hitting on two and it kind of caused a ton of chaos and but the the strategy wasn't different we just like oh we just got to serve tougher and we got to we got to figure out different serves that don't let them do that anymore right or mm -hmm. these guys are always speeding up i gotta find ways to put them in position where they're a little bit more uncomfortable to speed up at me it's like it's cool there's the nuances of that and causing hesitation dude that's it's all about balance of stress right like dude if these guys are speeding up how do i bounce this off and give it to them where they're nervous or overthinking it and then i can execute i mean that's that's the natural progression right guys get better at certain things and then everyone gets better at something else and then they get mm -hmm. better at something else and they're just fine fine-tuning and combating those things back-to-back. -back. It's such a fun game to play. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, you mentioned kind of like reaching in and, and um, initiating the, the speed up or trying to jam somebody with a dink. It's actually when we played against each other down in, in Florida, which I'm sure uh, you're still recovering from, <laughs> I noticed that like sometimes you'll speed up and you'll, you'll kind of reach in and make that flick. And you're not going for the speed up winner on that one. You're not necessarily trying to like win the point on that flick or that speed up. You then position yourself for the next one. And the next one is the put away. Yeah. How often are you thinking about that initial flick being the winner or that initial speed up being the winner versus the next one and setting yourself up? That's a good question. Yeah. A little one, two punches. Um, it, it, it just depends on the ball. So there are times where I actually feel like I can go ahead and hit the clean winner if the ball's high enough for my opponent's opposition, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, most of the time, most of the time, it's a fair assumption that the other team is going to get the ball back. Uh, it's just a matter of how can I make them as uncomfortable as possible receiving this ball where they can't do that much to hurt me with it. So there are a lot of times where I just kind of flick it at you, knowing you're going to try to counter punch. But if I'm able to put it in a certain spot where you might counter, let's say – I, I keep it low enough where you still got to hit up on it. At yeah. least now I know you're going to hit it hard on me, but it's going to be up here somewhere. So I kind of flick it and get ready for the counter. So it's almost like a bait where you're, you're, try, you're trying to force them to try to attack you, but maybe not quite hit it as well as they would like to. And then you can punish them for that. I mean, because everyone's got such fast hands. I, I rarely expect it to be a clean winner. I'm just trying to force them to try to give me a ball that I can work with. And it might not be a yeah. great one, but right. uh, I don't need much. You know, I, you might actually feel like you're, you're going to attack me, but I, you're just kind of getting, you're getting played right. a little bit. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I, I like, I'll reach in on those and just try to initiate where I just kind of get on your body real fast, force you to try to hit a, maybe an 80% counter, but that's not going to be enough. And I'm just sitting on the next one to, to go hundred yeah. percent back at you. Yeah, you either make them think it's an attackable moment that you're ready for or you force them to pop it up right and play right into your hand. 
So it's yeah. like you, those are the two things you, you're kind of going for. Interesting. Exactly. All right, train that in it. Do you do specific drills to train that or that's just kind of like the nuance of just playing over the years and kind of feeling that out more and more? Um, yeah, it's feeling it out. I mean, it's, it's no secret strategy. I know that a lot of guys have been trying that. It's just a matter of is that first ball good enough where you're not just going to get punished by it. Yeah. Um, like I said, Enrique, Enrique, the first time I played him, I said he body bagged me like five times. And not hard balls, but he'd reach in and just flick it and he would just jam me. And yeah. I just wasn't reading it very well. And then there'd be times where I would try to attack it back and I wouldn't quite hit it clean. And then he's just, he would get me back. And so it's just, yeah, it takes a lot of, uh, just a lot of anticipation, I think, uh, just seeing it over and over and over again. I know if I could flick this ball on a certain spot on somebody, this is how they normally react. Yeah. The ball is likely to come over in this area, and then I'm ready. So it's kind of pop it. I'm kind of ready for it. Um, or, or maybe I got the ball down the line, flick it down the line on the backhand, make them try to counter with a backhand, but then I'm just kind of sitting middle ready for it. So, yeah. so like you said, I, I, I initiate make them think that they can try to attack me back. They don't quite hit it clean. And then I'm ready for that, that off pace ball to smash back at them for the real put away. So, you know, it's just trying to keep them uncomfortable, keep testing, um, you know, just yeah. I like messing with people, give them a lot of different yeah. looks, see how they react. And if they don't yeah, handle something that, very well, you do it again. That's sick inside out backhand, forehand, flicky. Dude, that thing is in, in I feel like I, twisted my ankle just watching it it's like oh what did you just do <laughs> it's so it, is there a way to to drill that though i mean like i, I feel mean, like i haven't seen people like drilling that specifically uh well i mean you get plenty of practice doing it it's just a little simple count like one two punch so you just like flick and then you defend the next ball so yeah I mean, if you're yeah. out planning at somebody so what usually happens right you're, you're dinking dig dinking you get a ball you take it and you roll it and you flick it up at somebody. Well, their instinct is to slap it back. Usually their instinct is to try to punch it back. They right. see the ball, they hit the ball. So as long as you get on their body where their their hit back is a little bit out of control, where their hit back is maybe a little bit late or a little bit weak, usually if they don't hit 100 miles an hour at me, I'm going to get the next ball back. Yeah. And yeah. So as long as you can jam them enough where they have an awkward ball where they can't quite get full power on it, their attack back's not going to do right. enough to hurt you usually. Um, now, if, if they read it and they get in position and they can get a good clean hit, and then you're in trouble. But you just got to keep trying enough. And the way Ben does it, Ben takes it, flicks it right at your chicken wing or your right hip. You kind of get jammed. You try to counter, but you don't hit it clean, and then you're toast to the next one. Right. So it takes some discipline. You know, Sometimes you just want to just block that first one if you're uncomfortable. But most people overreact, and they just try to hit it back at you, which is – usually not the right thing to do it's funny so because sometimes it's... i feel like hitting it even almost showing the speed up but actually hitting it a little bit slower like almost an off speed and they the width or miss hit off the the like the frame i feel like there's like all those little speeds within the full speed up and the dink that like you can play with the 50 shades of of roll you know what i mean like you're just <laughs> manipulating and making them dance you're just the puppet master that kind of stuff screws with me. And that's why you're so good at like that stuff where I'm like, all right, here it comes. And then you're like, Floop! and it's this sick top spinny location versus trying to speed it up at me. But it looks like a speed up. And I'm like, what yeah. do I do? I don't even, now I don't even know what to do. It's funny you mentioned uh, Puppet Master because that's kind of where I learned that shot from. So uh, Tim Nelson, I don't know how familiar you are in case with Tim Nelson, but his nickname was the Puppet Master. But he was so good at disguising the speed of a shot. So he could, he could take a full swing 
like fast swing, but he could angle his pal the last second and just barely graze the ball to so come off off speed. So he could take yes. a full swing and the ball would actually go like slow motion. So people would swing and whiff at it because they, it would just be so off pace. Um, then he would take balls where he looks like he's going to hit soft and then at the last second accelerate and just drill you in the yeah. chest with it. So you're always kind of like uneasy when you sit in the box. You don't know if it's going to come 80 miles an hour or, or 10 miles an hour. Like <laughs> right. you're not, not quite sure. So you're always kind of on your heels. Uh, so yeah. I kind of learned that from me where I'm kind of mixing up the speeds a lot to get people's timing off. Right. Stress management. It's just push. <laughs> it's like the old I'm rubber and you're glue. You're just bouncing stress off and trying to give it to them in every way possible where they're just second guessing everything. The puppet mm -hmm. master. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> you guys i can just tell by the way you're, this is why you guys are probably you're casey we've never played you're probably better than me i can just tell by the way you're talking no i looked at your duper ranking you're like four points ahead of me it's kind of sad yes. i just gotta play more i have a goal dude i've Let's got a go. goal yeah uh so the the last part of that then just to like put a bow on it is it sounds pretty it sounds like a big component of doing that successfully is is concealing it and that's something i'm always thinking about is like how do I, regardless of if I'm going to speed it up, if I'm going to lob, if I'm going to dink, how do I do that same motion so everything looks the same so my opponent can never tell what I'm going to do or gets comfortable thinking that this motion means I'm going to dink, but then I go over their head or I speed up at their, at their shoulder or something like that, right? Yeah, well, it's being able to hit multiple spots with the same setup, obviously, like yeah. you said, but it's being able to hold your shot and then be able to change at the last second um, or just being deceptive with it. So the way your shoulders are turned, the way your wrist opens in certain shots, like you can, your body can do one thing, but all that, all that really matters is what? The way the paddle's hitting the ball. Yeah. So you can set up and do something with your body, but then at the last thing, your hand might do something funky and the ball might go a completely different direction. Right. Um, but it's just being able to, and on top of that too, is how is your opponent set up? So there'll be shots where I might show a line, and then as soon as I'm about to hit the ball, they might slide over to cover line with a backhand. And then as I'm hitting the ball, I might just turn last second and go it, pull it back middle. And now all of a sudden they're switching to a forehand. And then the jam, they might pop it up and then I had to put away. So right. it's being able to hold your shot and, and recognize, one, what are your options here? But two, what are your opponents expecting? And then going with something that's less expected. Uh, yeah. And then if you're able to do that consistently, mixing it up with every shot, you're just always keeping your opponents off guard. And then, they, and, then, and then after a while, they stop preparing too soon for your shots. And then you can just go with plan A and it's going to start working every time because they don't, they don't overextend the cover because they keep getting burned. So I love just mixing up on people and, and letting, them, letting them think they know what I'm about to do and then doing the opposite and catching them off guard. Which you may yes. sound, you may sound so easy, but I secretly know it's like, there's so many more things involved with that. You're like, oh yeah, you know, I just you know try to look the same. It's like, bro, yeah. did I see the way that you try move to keep your it feet? Simple, but... Dude, you move your feet and like you guys are always in such a like perfect position where you're keeping the ball in like an optimal location where your peripheral is like at max capacity, right? Like I'm able to see things yeah. without seeing things. And then you guys' eye line, you always stay so like neutral where you never like up and down. You're just like foom. And I feel like there's so many variables that you guys eliminate because you're so well at the prep and like the balance that all the things you talk about are like, yeah, and then I just decide it's like, yeah, because you worked so hard to get in this like perfect pose and position where you're just the freaking magician, you know? It's so cool to watch. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's, fu it's funny to watch the different players and their different playing styles. They all do it differently. Yeah. Like two, 
that come to mind. So the first one is, is the way Colin Johns will do this big, slow wind up. And you know, something's <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You just don't know what it is until it yes. happens. And uh, he tends to get a lot of people on that. And then the other one that comes to mind is, is uh, Rob Nunnery, the way he'll, he kind of, but he kind of like dips his paddle down and holds and then you know again you know he's about to like speed it up or do or make some sort of but it's just a matter of how does he angle his paddle when the ball actually makes contact with it because that's what dictates where it's going to go and you don't know that until it happens right so even if you do know okay rob's about to speed it up it's like it might hit here it might hit over on this shoulder you know so um, <laughs> even then, if you do anticipate, it's still a challenge. And that's what you guys do so well. You, you make yourselves so difficult to play against and so difficult to anticipate. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, something's coming, but you don't know exactly what. There's several different options. Uh, yeah. but the, the best ones are where you throw something at them and then they didn't even think you were even attacking. So, you know, you can show them this big windup and then dink it and you kind of catch people, you know, a little bit off guard. But it's the ones where they think you're going to dink it and then you attack. Those are the tricky ones. Yeah, and the hardest ones to execute. When you go, I have a question, Kyle. When you go, like, let's say you're just going to practice, do you have, like, a specific intention in mind when you go? Like, hey, I'm just going to work on whether or not we win this practice or we're doing specific things. I'm really focused on this one aspect of the game, and that's kind of, like, my meter of success on the day. Uh, Like, for me, it's like, I'll go and be like, dude, I'm speeding up, but cross court. I'm never going to speed up the guy in front of me. And that'll be like my goal the whole day for the three hours I play. And everyone will start to know. And I don't care because now I got to figure out a way to be better at it. Do you go with like those specific intentions at all when you go? Cause I mean, the way that you have to have done that kind of thing. I'm just curious Like when you train, is that like a specific thing that you do? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Normally. So if I'm going to go practice, I normally don't even play like rec games. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go just drill a ton and practice and then play a lot of skinny singles. I do the opposite. Just you like to just play red games. But when I do yes. play red games, like let's say I, I was working on a certain shot. So let's say I, you know, I just working on a certain shot. Then in that game, I will try to look for that as much as possible and kind of work right. it in as much as I can. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, if I'm going to go, I, I usually have a generic practice, but if there's something in particular that I want to work on. Yeah. I'll just spend more time on it or try to incorporate it more in the game um, when it's yeah. there. The same. Do you guys ever do like when you're doing your specific, like it's like a high level practice, another pro team. Our coach sometimes would be like, all right, you're never allowed to speed up for the first three points. And then the second three points, you have to speed up every ball. And then from then on, it's wide open. And it was weird because it would like put us in prison a little. I'd be like, ah, I'm so frustrated. But it like really helped you grow with being patient or really looking for those opportunities. It was like, dude, I I feel like in pickleball, if I had a good training squad, that's what I'd be doing. (laughs) Sure. No, and you could you could do that a lot of different ways. So, you know, one game you might say, hey, we're just going to drive every third and see what happens. And then another game, just say, hey, let's drop every third and see what happens. And at yeah. the end of the two games, kind of figure out which one you felt like was more effective. But, um, you know, it's like I said, but I, I, I'll drill mostly. I don't I don't play a ton of rep games. Right. It's too many too many variances in level. It's just like, uh it's not worth it sometimes unless it's super fun, super fun squad. <laughs> yeah. I just get more out of drill session. Yeah. Uh, okay. Are there, are there, um, are there any shots or uh, plays that certain pros, when you kind of look around the landscape, 
are making that maybe you don't have in your arsenal and you're looking at and you're like, I need to add that. Like I'm, I'm working on that right now. If I, if I can, if I can add this to, to my, um, to my game, it's going to be lethal. Anything like that, that comes to mind. A few different things. Uh, one, people are getting so much better at earning. And yeah. I know I'm able to earn but I don't look for it enough. And I actually feel like there's a lot of opportunities where I could earn more and I don't. So I'm starting to try to look for it more. Uh, so in this last term, I tried to go for more than normal and I felt pretty good with it. But I just think there's a lot of missed opportunities when I don't go for it as much as I could. Yeah. Uh, and every point is so important now. So the more chances I have to hit that kind of shot, the better. That's one. Um, another thing, trying to get my serve better. Uh, you know, I actually, I usually just get my serve in. I don't do anything fancy with it. But I actually do feel like I have a pretty good serve when I actually go for it. I just usually choose not to. I get determined. I get tired. I get nervous. I don't know. But I end up not going for it. Then when I do throw it in, it's usually pretty effective. So um, definitely trying to, to just add a little bit more to that. Um, and then just getting a little bit better, more aggressive with my third shot rolls. So some people are starting to really dip their third shots. Yeah. Like lower, but, you know, three-quarter pace ground stroke. And my drops, I, I feel like I get a nice, gentle roll on it, but I do feel like I get put a little more. Um, so I'm trying to add that, too. So I see other people starting to do that, and I think right. that would be useful useful to have. Yeah, because then on the bounce, it it stays low, right? It's not popping up and then becomes an immediately attackable ball, essentially, right? Yeah, so so it just gets their foot too. quicker. It just gets their foot quicker, and then they're more likely to pop it up. You know that extra top spin. My my drops are usually nice, gentle rolls. They get down, they get me up to the line, no problem. But people usually can handle them okay. But if you can cause a little bit of disturbance with that next shot, and they're likely to pop it up a little bit, we might be able to attack the next ball and get yeah. some free points. Hmm. I like this is points. good. This is good. Yeah. I like I like this talk. I think we're I'm kind nice. of like I'm kind of learning a lot, and I need to go play. <laughs> Should I late I late register for the Austin Open and uh, <laughs> see if I can get that duper rating up? Which, by the way, no, you only not, goes down. I have to get mine up. <laughs> yeah, dude. The problem is though, every time I go play, I guess it's not a problem. This is a good thing for the sport, but the talent is just—it's just like it. Everybody is getting better, and it's like you know, I went and played a game with you know they said there were four fives, and I got there, and I was like. And last year, this was this was definitely five zero or or better play. I mean, what is going on here? And and I I just seem to to encounter that more frequently. It's just like everybody's getting better, not just the pros. Yeah, it's I had to get more athletes, good. more popular, more people, more kids, right? Like it's just because of the growth and the ability to see it. There's more people and types of people playing, which is like it's really yeah. cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's more options. There's more options to play. It's more accessible. There's more yeah. courts. Uh, there's more better players. Uh, so back when I when I was playing, there was only so many places to play, so many decent players, and so you had to travel to go play with better players. Nowadays, it's I mean, there's there's good players all over the place. So yeah, you're you're able to practice. You're able to get a higher quality practice more often these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I played in Palm Springs, we played. We played four or five, and I just remember one match being like, you guys are not four. Like, you guys are legit. And I just remember being like, all right, like this They're is – They're flirting four or fives. This is – this is cha- this game is changing. And I was like, geez, like I'm, I am not going to be a 5-0 for, for much longer. <laughs> um, Old school 
Yeah, that's why I don't log my dupers anymore because I just want to keep my rating where it is. I don't, I don't. Want I always just ask, it. "What are you guys rated?" Yeah, I'm gonna put that in the in duper. Is that okay? Okay, perfect. <laughs> just yeah, make sure yeah. No, check. No, that's something you can do. I think that's why it's it's cool to have like a, a tool like that where you can see everybody's rating because it's like even if you go to play rack, you can like scout the player. You can even like forecast the win based on your like historical <laughs> performance, which is like a pretty pretty interesting things so you can get a read for helps you like set up games better too honestly um if you are if you're just kind of looking at the way everything's developing kyle and you're you're seeing these young guns come in i mean in my mind right now it's like j-dub and dylan frazier are like really impressing me maybe it's them are there any other kind of new new people in the sport you're looking at and you're like, damn, they're they're a killer. Like they came out of nowhere and people should be watching this this person. They're gonna they're gonna make waves. I uh, I'd like to see uh, Gabriel Tardio uh, playing more. I don't know if you guys don't know who that is. Yeah, I, I know that he's, is. Yeah. He's a young kid here from Florida. I played against him a couple times now, and uh, he's <laughs> he's deceiving. He actually got a bronze medal in the pro singles a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, down here, yeah. but. I mean, the, kid, the kid's legit. Um, you know, J J Dub's something something special, but um, but Gabe Gabe still got some growing to do, and he's got some fast hands, ridiculous ground strokes. He's lanky, uh, you know, smart. I so there's so many good juniors. It, it's hard to really pick them out, but just someone I just played against a couple of times that just comes to mind is Gabe. He's 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 gonna be he's gonna be tough to beat, man. I've had some <laughs> battles with him already, and uh, it's just crazy. These kids can be so good so fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No warm up. Of... Don't even drink water. And you're like, what's happening? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's just nuts. It's like, when did I get old, man? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. This, this should be happening. But yeah, so that, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I just played a bad some a couple times last couple weeks. Yeah. He's, he's going to be tough. But yeah. Yeah. J Dub and Dylan, man. They, you know, actually, quick funny story. Um, and Dylan can attest to this. I, my uncle was friends with his parents. And uh, I remember call, calling him. I called his mom about, gosh, five or six years ago. He, he might have been like 13 or 14. He had just started playing pickleball, and apparently he was a fan of mine. And, oh, really? uh, and, and so his uncle was like, yeah, give, give his mom a call. Just say hi. And so I called him and just said, hey, Dylan, you know, I heard you like pickleball. You know, you know nice to meet you, whatever. You know, hope to play with you someday. You know, if you have any pickleball questions or anything, you need some tips, you know, reach out anytime. You'd know, be happy to help. And he asked me a couple of questions, like some dr- – you know, what drills would you, you know, focus on? And blah, blah. So I was like, this, this kid, and he was so, he was, he was so, he was so nice, you know, he was so appreciative. And uh, so it's so cool to see him, you know, winning, winning gold medals on the pro tour now. Right. Uh, it's just, it's just wild. It's, uh, it's just, it's so cool to see that, that happen because, you know, you can't help but feel like, I can't help but feel like I somewhat inspired that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but just to see these, these kids having the success now too, it's, it's really cool to see. I just hope it keeps growing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's it's cool too because like you can tell his family's super supportive i met his parents at major league pickle great family and awesome they like family. go they go everywhere with them they're his biggest fans and the other thing is i know they're running his social media so i know i've never like interacted <laughs> Hi, with mom. i've never like dinner interacted with dylan actually i'm always like chatting with his mom or or something <laughs> like that yeah, like, yeah he his that family the fraser family and then the johnson family with j-dub and georgia and julie yeah well that uh, helps such nice right? such nice people yeah yeah it helps when um you know everybody in the family is a pro player referring to the johnsons that that helps 
Yeah, like, look, this is what we'll do yeah. for you. Yeah, we got it dialed. The whole schedule's ready. Maybe something in that something in that blood, man. There, <laughs> there's something. Um, all right. So what's uh, what's next for you? I think you mentioned next weekend you're going to be at Legacy. Uh, what's what's after that? <laughs> I was talking to Casey about this before the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I got the term in Arizona, and then I actually go to uh, Costa Rica for a couple weeks, little teaching vacation, uh, and little little surfing, little pickleball for a couple nice. weeks, and nice. then jumping right into the U.S. Open after that. Okay. So. All right. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun April. So well, that'll it, be my birthday. My birthday week. Yeah. If you're oh, uh, so rad. If, if you're taking a nice vacation right before you go to the U.S. Open, people better people better uh, be worried. That's your secret sauce. That's my that's my secret. I figured it out. Yeah. Watch out I'll be I'll be ready to go. He goes off to his <laughs> oasis. Comes back just super tan, shredded, just firing, <laughs> hitting. He's gonna be hitting so many Ernie's. <laughs> so many Ernie's. <laughs> Uh, last, last thing, Kyle, when you are in Costa Rica and you are on the road and you're playing all these tournaments, I want to make sure that you stay hydrated. So you should, you should invest in some relight. All right. Yeah. It's salty, sweet. It's got potassium, magnesium, sodium, everything you need. Keeps you hydrated. What do you think about that? It was it called relight relight. Oh, where, where can I find that? It's fire. Uh, don't ask me questions. I don't know the answer to. <laughs> Maybe relight.com. Yeah. yeah. We need to send him a birthday welcoming, like a welcome package to Costa Rica. We'll just send yeah, him we a can do that. To- there we can you do go. That. I'll talk to my people. <laughs> Excellent. All right. That's, uh, that's it. This was, I think this was a, a great episode. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Carl. Oh, it was great seeing you guys. Yeah, dude. Uh, so stoked for Costa Rica. It's going to be rad. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh. <laughs> uh, subscribe. Cool. Subscribe on YouTube or I'll be really frustrated with you. Uh, <laughs> next episode, we actually have um, we have a little surprise. So, uh, yeah, make sure make sure you're listening. It'll be Casey and I and uh, one other, maybe two others. Yeah. But that's it. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Kyle. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you, guys. See ya.